everybody, as usual, Power Spike is brought to you by esportsbet.io. Now, Worlds might be over, but there's still going to be a lot of Tier 2 and Tier 3 competition through the end of the year in League of Legends, and you can make your predictions and place your bets on those matches. Remember, there still is a 50% deposit bonus up to $200 on the site for your first deposit, but you can still get that value. Also, if you're into other esports, plenty more CSGO to make your predictions on through the end of the year, as well as many, many other tournaments. Rainbow Six Major coming up as well. So whatever esport you're into, you can head on over to Esports Bet and have some fun with the matches. Now on to Power Spike. Welcome to our off-season special. We don't have the free agency show happening all around the LCS, but LCS isn't even here yet. You got us. Power Spike is here to break down <laughs> all the rumors that have been going on. Digon, Dom, and Monty here. Welcome to our off-season extravaganza part one, because there's going to be way more. <laughs> there probably moves. will be. An, there probably will be a part two because right now, like. The LEC seems to be mostly settled at this point in time, but LCS uh, is kind of in the middle of the clown fiesta. And then LCK and LPL's clown fiestas, I think, are just beginning. So this is going to play out over a number of weeks, and especially because the official free agent period starts on November 22nd. So players that want to actually test the market uh, as a whole won't be available till then. I know. Worlds just ended 10 days ago, Dom, and now everything is going uh, ramping up very, very quickly. Yeah, it's, it's going to be crazy, especially right around the uh, trade deadline, because that's when everyone officially signs. And you know that there's going to be at least some type of fuckery with verbal commits just not working out. So I'm excited to see who gets fucked over. You know, who's going to be the Jack Spectre this year that gets, you know, no rogue spot into no K-Corp spot. And then he has to go to Heretics and it ends up being the best uh, option out of all three. So I mean, outside of, I guess, rogue, I guess. But like that one was uh, that one was the stretch. K-Corp was the real one that I think uh, fucked him over, like where he was committed and then it was Reckless that got the spot instead of him. And, you know, then Reckless doesn't even make E-Masters in, in summer. It's crazy. Well, you can't start an offseason without all the chaos that's happening, which leads us to our first segment. Everything's on fire. All right. So we start the season off, as always, or I guess end the season because it's still 2022 with... Usually a recap in North America about how bad we are, what's wrong with everything, our coaches suck, our players suck, uh, work ethic isn't there, everyone's here just for a paycheck, look how uh, Europe can go ahead and pull all the talent there, why aren't we giving our youngsters an opportunity, uh, it's, it's a mess. It led to uh, a tweet earlier by uh, Vulcan, who's pretty successful in North America saying he's a little bit tired of hearing uh, platinum Four Steve telling him what to do. And that led to a shit ton of backlash about <laughs> everything. And it happens every season, Monty. Oh yeah. Why does this happen every year? Like here's, here's what I don't understand about North American fans. How after like 10, 12 years of this, have you just real not realized that you suck? Like if you don't like sucking, so let me just be very clear. The sucking is not going to stop. The sucking is just going to continue forever. So if you don't like sucking, there's tons of other League of Legends. In fact, there is so much professional League of Legends that you can watch that not one human being, even professional League of Legends watchers like I Will Dominate, can watch all of the League of Legends, okay? So just go find something fucking else to watch. Just You don't have to watch NA. Just turn your eyes away, okay? Go watch Dom's co-stream. 
Like, yeah, too bad I'll be co-streaming NA, so, you know, then then you might get sucked <laughs> into it somehow, but you know, might end up watching LCS by proxy, but I'll try to be more entertaining while doing it, so, you know, <laughs> there you go. at least you have that. There's your promise. I, I, I just, every year it happens, Dom, in terms of a, a player or, or fans, just fans coming out of the woodwork at the end of the year, and maybe this year, to me, it feels a little bit more prevalent, a little bit more toxic than usual, and it's getting to pros, and it's wearing on everyone, especially given the fact that investments in the league seem to be going down, all of the FTX drama that's happening globally, to be fair. It's oh, not just oh, affecting I'll talk East, about that. Don't, you, you just wait, D-Guy. We'll get okay. into that. It, it <laughs> is... It just seems like it is worse than usual, Dom. Yeah, I think it, it's it's worse than usual um, because NA just had the worst performance by far that it's ever had. So, like, when you play worse and you perform worse, like, internationally, you're just going to get shit on even harder. Um, that's just the reality of the situation. I mean, 3-15 three, three and 15 is pretty fucking bad. Like, not yeah, having one they team. Did, they did beat Mad Lions. Consider True. That <laughs> yeah, I mean, they did beat Mad Lions, I guess. But I mean, every team only winning one game. It's like it, it feels like even if you were like a terrible team, you should be able to, to at least get like two, especially coming out of like a, a major region. So I think that feels feels rough. But I was really surprised by like the fan response to Vulcan's tweet, because the way I took it, especially considering the follow up where he's like, like either like do something or like stop fucking tweeting at me is that he's attacking the people that are randomly like tweeting at him. Like he's not saying exactly everyone is fucking like if you're not high ranking league, then you're a piece of shit. And you should kill yourself. Like that's how the community took it. Right. Like that was literally how <laughs> how you look at the Reddit. You're like, so I'm not high ranking league. So my life has no value. And like people were like, yeah, like, what a fucked up thing to say by Vulcan. I don't understand <laughs> how that became like the the standard response because it was like pretty clear that he's talking to like the low lives that are like tweeting at him it's like yeah you're a fucking bum you're an na pro you like you just fucking party all the time and don't practice the game and you don't give a fuck about the results like that's the people that it seemed like he was attacking based off like not only his main tweet but but the follow-up and um saying that those people have never applied themselves to anything i mean yeah it's pretty hard for you to like have respect for like random twitter accounts that are meant to just hate on people like when i when i look at like so for example when t1 beat jdg and it looked like t1 was going to win the world all the t1 fans were celebrating the fact that they had already won worlds um and they were in my mentions like telling me that i was like a piece of shit and i would look through their replies and there was literally just accounts that have t1 banners t1 fight hashtag t1 fighting a picture of faker like retweets of, of, of Caria just like just in complete awe over how good looking he was and then I would just look at their replies and they were just constantly tweeting at every single person that was in, that was like in at all any type of like association with LPL even people that have said that LPL was like going to win worlds like that that weren't LPL dick riders or whatever you want to call them. And I would look through them and I would see like, I'm like, damn, bro, this guy's like fired off like 90 tweets in the last day. And when I see that, I'm like, that just seems like you can't like, how do you do anything else? Like you're just spending literally all your time being a hater. Like how could you be accomplishing something great? How could you be like top tier at something? Like, could you like, could they be a top tier solo queue player if you're spending that amount of time crafting all those tweets. I mean, maybe if you get a fishing at it, catalog all of the all of the LPL fan or like you know accounts that yeah. that are fans of the LPL and then attack them systematically. It's impressive in a way. Yeah, that's what yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it is impressive in a way, but it's like that has to be the thing that they're like best at, right? Like they're like a top ten LPL hater, hater in the world. Like that's. <laughs> 
that's probably where they're committing most of their energy. Yeah. So, I mean, I just don't see that many successful people that can like spend that amount of time just on Twitter hating. So most of the time I'm like, yeah, this guy's probably fucking a loser. Like he's probably just not achieving any of his dreams. Like that, that's what I, I, I view like actually being a loser. It's like whatever hand you're dealt in life, what do you do with that? Are you like, are you somebody who, you know, was born into like a wealthy household and then all you do is spend time hating on people online? Like if that's the case, even if you're not like, actual scum of the earth like you've underachieved based off like what what you could have done from that position so i don't know i i feel i feel similarly when it's like yeah a lot of those like hater twitter accounts like i just feel like they have to be losers in real life like i can't imagine them having massive success and having that much time it's so much time and then still being that upset because i feel like you have to be like a certain type of person to actually like just send people direct hate all that like for for days and days on end like you have to really 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 have a lot of just like anger and like you have to be kind, like discontent with your actual life in order to be that level of hater so i don't, I don't know i mean i I've, like everyone was, was really offended when i looked at like at vulcan's tweet i'm like yeah i mean I, like if if he means what i think he means i'm on yeah. board with it like yeah, yeah there's a lot of like fucking <laughs> unsuccessful just like absolute fucking creatures in this community all right so so ignoring them What's what's your take, former North American professional League of Legends player, on on the constant vitriol after Worlds, considering that people just don't seem to understand that through no fault of the NA players, they have a bad practice environment. Like solo queue blows, and there aren't very many ranked solo queue players compared to other servers. It's yeah. a ranked population problem in many ways. So a lot of those problems that can't be controlled don't actually seem to be the main problem to me. I actually had a, had a stream earlier today where I, where I talked about this um, in detail, but essentially the biggest problems to me that I see with North America are number one, it's very hard to get five players to commit to something for 11 months and not like actually give up at some point, like have them not lose their interest and be like, <laughs> we are going to do whatever's in our power to win worlds. Starting now, every single time there's a new patch, we're going to try to figure it out together. We're going to just commit Everything we have for 11 months to this game, it will be our number one priority. Doesn't mean you have to be super unhealthy and like not sleep or like not eat. I know that that's, that's exactly what people try to make it out. So it's like, oh, so you're supposed to practice 22 hours a day, like 22 hours a day practice isn't healthy. Like here's a study that says that if you like don't sleep at least seven hours, you like underperform. It's not even about that. It's like, it's just about being obsessed with something and really just wanting it more than anything else. Like if you've ever been that obsessed and that focused on anything in your entire life, you know how it is. Even like, while you're eating or while you're showering, or while you're taking a shit, you're thinking about that topic. How do I do it better? What can we do to like uh, achieve the results that we really want? How do I get what I need out of my teammates? Like just they, they, you need that level of just obsession and dedication from five people plus coaching staff for an 11 month period where you just are putting everything into the team and just, you're just going to lose people at some point. That's the biggest issue that I see is you know, somebody's going to get a girlfriend and like not really care that much or a new fucking game is going to come out. It's actually like stupid shit like this that is actually that is ruining um, like a new game is going to come out or somebody's going to burn out or they're going to have a different hobby that they want to do. It's just very hard to get people to fight for their fucking lives um, and really just put everything on the line for that uh, that amount of time. Um, when in reality, it's like, sure, it's annoying when you lose and you get hated on by fans, but let's say you put in everything and you end up peaking at like quarterfinals at the end of the day. It's like, people don't even see that as worth it. So unless you're actually going to win worlds, unless you like guarantee <laughs> these pro players that they are going to get a world championship at the end of it, 
it's very hard for that to like get people to actually want to commit that amount of time. I think that's problem number one. And then problem number two that I see is NA pros are like super, super unreasonable about how actual progression in any type of skill set works, including like team environment. So they think that progression is linear. Like you get 1% better every single day and it's like, yeah, you just get better and better and better. And then you're like this good. That's not how it works, right? Like you're going to be, what, what essentially is going to happen is you're going to be like better, worse, better, worse, better, worse. And then at some point you're going to plateau and it's going to feel like nothing's, nothing's made. It's like, why are we doing this? Like we're not getting any better. And then you're going to hit a breakthrough. Something's going to, something's going to click within your team. You guys are going to get better. You're going to get a little bit better. And then you're going to plateau again. And now you're going to be on a different level than you were originally. So I feel like that is like something that pros are not willing to commit. The second that they get into that stagnant period where they are plateauing, they're like, well, it's fucking over. Like we can't, we can't get any better. We're stuck. This is where we peaked. We peaked. Like this is where we are. And, and they're not willing to like put in the grind and have like that little bit of faith where it's like, we're grinding right now. Maybe sometimes we're getting a little bit worse. New patch hits, new champions come in. The other thing is it's relative, right? Like you don't even know if you're getting better or worse. You just know that other teams are maybe progressing faster than you are. Other teams are getting, are, 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 are peaking at a time where you're not and maybe like in relation to them you used to be better than them, now they're better like that's just that's just the reality of the situation you need to just grind through those times and keep on trying to actively find solutions and make your team better and figure out what works and eventually when it clicks like it'll seem super obvious like oh shit why, why didn't we do that earlier and you'll hit that breakthrough and you'll finally feel better but if you're able to like withstand those periods where you're not those periods of stagnation if you're able to withstand those i feel like your team will be so much better. So when I talk to pros, it's like they have like a bad scrim set and I'll just like look at my Discord DMs and like, yeah, this fucking guy is so fucking shit. Like they're like shit talking their team and they're like, this guy is so shit. How the fuck are we going to be able to like win? Like we have to completely change our style. Like, oh, we just can't play top side because this guy, like we gave him a good matchup and he lost. It's like, you have to just be able to like work through these these situations. So I think that, that the mentality towards like progression and improvement is so much more like cancerous and the most the most hard to overcome part compared to like all these things that are out of the pro player's control. I feel like just people like stating that these these other problems like ping and like, oh, it's like our, our practice quality because the other teams aren't good. So how are we supposed to learn from teams that aren't as good? I feel like people just like defaulting to those excuses because then they take they have to take no responsibility as to like what the results are it's like oh yeah well i mean i was just at such a disadvantage that i i couldn't i couldn't overcome it like people would just rather no. be at that stage i agree with you dom i was playing devil's advocate and here's here's how you can know um because in different esports like for example the team that the brazilian squad in counter-strike that became luminosity and sk and won majors they came out of brazil where they had a garbage practice environment then they mm -hmm. moved to na where they had a garbage practice environment, and then they became the best team in the world for an extended period of time, right? And it was really just the work ethic of that team. And yes, they did have more opportunities to practice internationally, but a lot of their day-to-day -day practice was done either in Brazil on their ascent or in North America uh, kind of on their way up to becoming that best team. Again, it is easier in Counter-Strike because you do have regular international competitions to test your metal, but the day-to-day -day practice that they got was in NA, was in a very weak region by Counter-Strike standards as well, and they were able to ascend. Um, I do think that the biggest problem is... I, look, I think the ping thing is complete bullshit. Um, I think it's total bullshit, especially when Riot has now actually created a separate practice environment with low ping, and the scrims are on low ping. Um, I do, and, I do agree, actual, agree with you, Dom. The actual server, like this, I think this is a really important point. 
LA has better ping than it used to. Like now that people like have these facilities and stuff, you're getting 45 ping, which is not bad. Like 45 ping That's is true. playable. I, I get 45 like from my house uh, in LA. You know, I have fiber. Um, so mm -hmm. yeah, that's true. Uh, but also I think, I think that the big thing is that the biggest thing is really that they are getting paid a fuck ton of money for no reason, way more money than they actually deserve, way more money than the league is making, way, way more money than the teams are making, unsustainably large salaries fueled by venture capital. And there's nobody to replace them. There's nobody that can come up and take their spot and immediately perform in the LCS. I think that's the biggest problem is the lack of competition for their roster spots. Which is why the rumored rosters for the LCS, which are still way, way up in the air. The LCS is probably going to be one of the last, if not the last major league to move because everyone else that want to go somewhere will go to the LEC, go to the LCK, uh, LPL. Those rumored rosters look very academy. Like they look like the players that we've been seeing which is a good opportunity but as you said wouldn't be a one-to-one -one replacement in terms of skill set right here and right now monty yeah and look here's the thing about the lcs a lot of the budgets are going down massively this year so many professional players didn't want to sign contracts because they thought they could test free agency and so what you're going to see in the lcs is just a clown fiesta this year uh, a lot of players uh, are now, I think, probably in a very awkward situation where they're not going to be able to demand the prices or to be on the teams that they want to be on. LEC is pretty much done, and we'll get to that in a second. But also from LCS, like they are already going to be operating on a reduced budget this year in terms of the league. And now they've lost FTX, which there's no way they're getting that money. FTX, when they signed that deal, was the single largest sponsor by Riot's own admission. They said this publicly. It is the biggest sponsor in LCS history. And now they had already set their budget then FTX exploded. Now they're going to, who knows how they're going to recoup that money. Is Riot just going to have to front that money because, uh, you know, they were the one who signed the deal that then collapsed? Is it going to cause further budget cuts within the LCS? We we don't know. I don't know if LCS knows at this point in time because they're probably scrambling to try and find some other sponsor. But it's it's not looking great. And the teams aren't in, you know, better shape because they too not just TSM, but they too would have been receiving potentially some of the revenue sharing from FTX that would go to them that then affects their team budgets. So LCS is really in a giant state of flux right now where I have no idea what these, well, I have some idea, but very little idea of what these teams are going to look like. And I could just tell you from knowing people who are operating these teams, many of these people don't know what their teams are going to look like, or they're going to be running it back with, you know, rosters that were there last year. Guys that were still there on contracts. Uh, con I wouldn't say contract prison, but still the contract security that a lot of teams tried to offer. Final point on this, just because I love bringing real world uh, analogies to it. Dom, you brought up the ability to stick to the goal, the 11-month goal, and it is a very long grind for league pros to do with a very short recharge time from the year before, but it reminded me of the 2015-2016 Golden State Warriors where they had the best record in basketball, one of the best records in all of major sports. I think they broke like a 130, it's over a hundred year old baseball record of the best start in professional sports, 20 and zero, uh, without losing a game, they get all the way to the finals and that's where they lose to LeBron and the Cavaliers. Uh, yep. 
and it was tough as, as a certified LeBron <laughs> hater. Like that was one of the moments where it's like, fuck now he's in the goat debate. Now this one, <laughs> this one is like, cause the other ones, it was really easy to be like, Oh yeah. Super team. Like you had Dwayne Wade that was like already, like he already won a championship before you showed up. LeBum. Like I, I was like, you know, I was a certified LeBron hater. Cause I mean, I'm, I've just been a LeBron hater for a while. And then that, that was the one where it's like, God damn, he really is just kind of one V five in the finals right now. He, he, he kind of just is that guy. Oh shit. And the top like, part. okay, I'll give him second best ever, but I'm not putting him over Jordan ever. I don't care. I'll die on that hill. <laughs> I agree. But the tough part about all that is that they, they were able to stay focused for 10 months and 29 days and now the whole process kind of gets questioned right and we've had teams that wanted to do that with the players that they pulled up like team liquid and that still didn't work so again lots of questions to be answered by the lcs if in the lcs players on their mentality moving forward and what the strategy is going to be for 2023 and that gets us to our next segment where we've got some rumors on how things are going to be in 2023 not in north america but in Europe, and that'll be this week's topic of the Galaxy Brain Club. All right, LEC has been making moves. They got some players from North America, you know, improving some players on up. They got some coaches coming back, as Peter Dunn has been rumored to go to, uh, back on over to the LEC. Guys, it, it it's just been moves all over the place. Again, it's all alleged, but... It seems pretty fit here, Monty, as you said. Like, the the work seems to be done now with the rosters that we've seen. It, it's kind of amazing because we, dev we didn't even reach, like, the free agency period in Europe. But as far as, like, the people I've talked to, most of these rosters are pretty much, like, done now. Um, either the teams were releasing their players early, like, you know, in, in Misfits case, I guess, like maybe they just released their players early because they weren't going to re-sign them uh, after selling the team just to be nice. Or there were players like um, Han Sama that were released, that he was released early by Team Liquid and became a free agent. So I'm not sure what the reasoning behind all of these early releases was. But, of course, there was also, you know, some... I find it difficult to believe that there was no tampering in a scene that basically set all of their rosters prior to the deadline. Seems real weird. Maybe they just uh they you know enjoyed a pool together and went on exactly. a swim together. I mean they they definitely did. I mean my favorite thing was the um the Mad Lions fiasco where they like definitely, <laughs> you know, were trying to get rid of El Yoya and then like botched his potential buyout, it sounds like. And then nobody actually wanted to spend the money to pick him up. And like maybe they didn't want Niski as well. And then Niski and El Yoya just end up back on Mad Lions together. That was a fun one. That was a fun one. Yeah, we I saw him at, at, at Worlds. He was buying everything in the shop. He's like, yep. I'm gonna get paid no matter what here. And what were some of the, uh, I guess, early surprises for you here, Dom, in terms of the uh, LEC rosters? Without without going, we'll, we'll we'll do our best moves, worst moves later. But just like overall, what do you make of these moves? Well, I mean, I think the most surprising one for me was probably Mickey X going back to G two because it seemed like when he left G two, like based on the tweets between him and Carlos, seemed like they did not end on the most like amicable of, of terms. So. Just seeing him go back to that organization. I mean, I guess Carlos isn't there anymore, right? So maybe that was like maybe that was a, more of a personal issue, and he didn't actually have that much like contempt for the org. But I thought that was that was really strange. Um, 
And then also just a lot of the players that didn't end up making it back to LEC. I think that was that was crazy. Like I thought Flockhead was overrated, like by certain fans, but I didn't think he was not LEC viable at all. Like I would have definitely been willing to see him over, you know, some of the the ERL players that were um, called up. Same thing for Unforgiven. Um, upset not being in the league is fucking crazy. Like upset not being in the league is just <laughs> insane to me. I mean, I think I think he's like the best one of the best top two minimum 80 carries he was the best performing 80 carrier worlds he was absolutely fucking smurfing handed gumayushi a fat l in lane which we almost we didn't see that from anyone else like who else like dicked gumayushi in a lane this entire tournament just well, him right here's the other thing you know i think i think potentially upset uh may have some potential like personality conflicts with certain teammates. That's the only thing they could really explain it. So naturally they would replace him with somebody who's never had any personality conflicts with any teammates. <laughs> oh, mm -hmm. oh, it's reckless shit. Yeah. <laughs> but he's changed. Yeah. He's changed, Monty. He's learned. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I guess we'll see. We'll see how the reckless experiment works. I mean, the one thing I wanted to see is I would love to see like what reckless re what reckless's level actually is right now because when he was playing with K Corp, I mean, I, I've I've interviewed a lot of games. Like he was good, but he didn't seem like this guy is pissing on ERLs. Like that's what I thought. He was going to just make fun of all the ERL bot laners just every single game. He would just have mass. Like I thought he was just going to he was going to look like fucking LeBron playing in a fucking like high school basketball tournament or something. I thought it was going to be that level of domination, but it, it, I mean, he was like, he was like good. He definitely looked good. I don't think that he looked like comprehensively better than every other player the way I expected. So I wonder if he's like actually in good form. Like, will he just come into LEC and just be a top tier AD carry already? Or will he like, you know, be one of like the older guys that's reliable, doesn't really giga stomp lanes, but doesn't make stupid mistakes. He's just very consistent. If he's going to be that type of player. Well, I mean, we we saw, and they, it looks like they're going to be Hillisang's going to Mad Lions and the the great support mm -hmm. shuffle of the LEC, which is strange to say the least. But Rux had a, a couple good games. Like, I'm not going to read too much into a couple games in play-ins experience. Like, we obviously need to see a lot more from this guy, but at least it was a promising start and a high pressure situation for him. My question is this: like, if you don't have upset to carry this fanatic roster. Humanoid was good, very good at Worlds and towards the end of the LEC, but still, even at Worlds, struggled in his synergy with Razork. And you're getting more of a weak side ADC and Reckless. Like, you know that Razork and Humanoid don't have the best synergy. So what's Razork going to do? Like, prop up Wonder in top lane? Like, the, the concept of this team seems kind of weird to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I I could see it being back to, you know, just make sure that Reckless never gets behind and play team fights front to back. But I mean, I really think that that Razork staying with with Humanoid was was really strange. I think that was that was another extremely weird part of the offseason because they just look like they when you watch Razork and Humanoid play together, it looks like they just never know what the other guy really wants to do. What, what it looks like to me is that they've muted each other in voice comms, but can hear all the rest of the, their teammates. Yeah, I mean, there's like something missing. There's some. It, it's like it's like if you were like playing league with like your ex girlfriend or something, you know. And it's like, hmm, like there's some trust. There, like, what happened like behind the scenes? That, that's how I feel when I watch them play. I think it's weird. I think it's very weird. I, I wonder if uh, the Razor Kelia swap would have been a, a move that Mad Lions would have liked, and maybe would have benefited a fanatic there. Um, but nevertheless, because humanoid and uh, it, it really just feels like. 
it just feels like both teams are worse as a result of that roster swap not happening, which is a bummer. Yeah. Um, one I wanted to note here, just because we we when when it comes with the AD carries, you're like, okay, we don't want to overreact based off of what happened with Worlds, especially with, you know, Rux is another example of that. But Team Heretics picking up for the top lane our master of thumbs up that we've gotten to know for international play over the last years. Evie is coming to Europe. What, what do you make? Look, look, man, like the, the Peter Dunn CL connection that has created this roster. Is it deeply strange? Yes. But clearly both of those guys are smart guys. And I, I really, 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 really want to know what they see in some of these players because pick I, I don't even know what evie's like ju- like english skills are obviously he's been a very entertaining player like when, when i've watched him at these international competitions he's been like you know this crazy all-in guy he's got a weird champion pool he's kind of like i don't know like asian whippo in some ways but uh, like w- why him would be my question. Not that I don't love watching him play because I do, but that's a, that's a very strange import. I'm excited because it's going to be the first Japanese player to ever play on a non Japanese roster, I think, uh, which is fun. Um, at least at tier one. Yeah. Then you have Yankos who was just kind of like cast off uh, from the rest of the scene. Like if he's on this roster, there are rumors that it's going to be Jack Spectra and Mercer in bottom lane. Now, I don't watch a lot of tier two Europe, so I'm not going to like comment on Jack Spectra. And then they're getting a Korean mid laner in Ruby, who is, I guess, already in the ERLs as well. Right, Dom? Yeah, he's already in the ERLs. Um, I can comment a little bit on Jack Spectra. I think that that he looks good he, and he has a very like, like lane dominant like tendency about him like he's the guy that you know it's like don't leave up draven right he's gonna fucking dick you right. if you play that like he right. wants to be that guy um his affiliates is also really good i think those are probably his two best champions and you know he seems he seems solid but i wonder if like pairing him with mercer is going to be the best because when i looked at mercer i thought mercer was like very hit or miss and he was the type of player that in lane like would just sometimes completely grief it so i i feel like their bot lane I would love to see like a more experienced support. Like I would have loved to see like Jack Spectra and like Kaiser or something. I think that could be interesting. Or maybe even like, look, if you're going to do the the LeBrov experiment, like I'm talking about guys that could potentially be on teams like this, like the LeBrov experiment could be interesting. You know, like he's another mechanically gifted player that, you know, maybe, maybe just needs a, an AD carry that's, that's really looking to like shit on the enemy bot lane. Um, as opposed to, you know, somebody like Karzy who is kind of like, Oh, he like calls targets and fights and you know, Kind of runs it down. All right, that's like I guess that's him. So, dude, I I'm, think the I'm, match is, is I'm low-key loving the the reality of a Karzi Hillisang lane on Mad. Oh Lions. yeah, it's gonna we'll get there. That is a, that is going to be super weird. <laughs> yeah. They are going weird. to die an average of 175 times per game. Like it is going to be. <laughs> or the next alternatively, Hillisang is just going to buy boots of mobility and go everywhere on the map with Miski. Like I don't know what I don't know what that looks like. I just say I don't know what the fucking Karzy Hillisang lane looks like. That is wild. Anyway, continue. Sorry. Just just to close it off here, Dom, <laughs> on this, just because you talked about every other part. Let's 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 roll down these top laners that are available. Ale, Bin, Flandre, Jaluhu, Zoom, Birdall, Kana, Doran, Keen, Kingen, Morgan, Nuguri, uh, Rascal, all free agents. Rich, free agent. Mm-hmm. But we still go with Evie here. What like <laughs> well, what? 
I mean, I, I think Evie is really strange because he doesn't really fit the profile of the type of like imports that that Europe tries to go for. Like they don't really go for like the seasoned imports that have been playing for like a long period of time. Like their imports are people like Bo, for example. Right? Like that that's who they want, or this like photon guy. Um, like those are the or people like that Hoon who showed up, you know, randomly yeah, from like, on his they, they want like the unproven, like slightly unknown players that like could have like really high, like mechanical ceiling where it feels like Evie is, is, I mean, he, 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 I mean, when he was playing in the same tournament as Robo, as Robo in the, um, uh, I, no, I guess it's play ins, it's not international wildcard qualifier anymore, even though that's what it really should be. Um, he, he just seemed like he has like a champion pool. Like he knows how he wants to play top and he's realistic about his own like limitations as a player. But I feel like a player like that would not be really attractive in like the European system. Like you would think that you just call up an ERL top laner. So I don't understand the Evie pickup at all. Like, I don't know if he's known to have like a big voice within the team and they want some like direction or I don't know. It just feels like you already have Yankos to it, kind man. of. Like, <laughs> I think they got team, Evie right? before they got Yankos though. I think potentially. I don't know. I just Maybe think they... that I think the Evie pickup just doesn't make sense to me because uh, like you have so many top leaners that I feel like could just be an Evie already in the ERL system. Like, why not just stick with Ice Beasto? Isn't Ice Beasto like essentially just another version of Evie? Like he seems like he seems like like an Evie, like give me like a weak side player, I'll play for the team, like all good, you know? Yeah, I mean to be fair, Malrong came on in and is more of that seasoned international veteran. So I guess we'll see if Evie's that. That was that was the one that caught my eye. Let's move on over to that Mad Lions roster. That, um, the the, the shuffle. The, the shuffle love, that didn't happen. I love everything about this Mad Lions roster. Do, what do you know about Chasey? This this guy uh, coming in. Do you know anything, anything about him? About him? I've okay. never even heard of him. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know like him. I don't know Ruby. Like I didn't know who Photon was. Like I mean, if they're not playing in LFL or. If, if they're right. not playing in LFL or like North America somewhere or they didn't play in LPL or, or LEC or LCS already, <laughs> I'm, I haven't watched them play. Right. Um, or, or I guess EU Masters, like deep in EU Masters. Well, then let's talk about the addition by subtraction with Armit moving on and uh, reportedly, you know, rumored to uh, head to North America. Uh, this is the same roster that I was like, wow, I guess all of them win all the awards and Armit just doesn't get it. And now it costs him his job. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I, 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 I also hate that by the way, the Armit moving to Dignitas. It's like, yeah, you would Dignitas. I mean, Dignitas, it's just, <laughs> it's, it's fucking immortals again. Right. It's the same thing that, that, that happened with Immortals is now happening with Dignitas, where it's like, hmm, like I wonder I, I why. I think he used to work with one of the coaches on Dignitas. Yeah, though. that's that's really surprising. Damn, <laughs> I, I love the name of that. Up, this is the name of the episode. Yeah, you would Dignitas. <laughs> yeah, and Dignitas is just so fucking disappointing. I mean, look, I I, I think Bad Lions has generally done a very good job of obviously scouting chat talent and GMing their teams, but. Look, I don't know anything about Chasey, this guy who's been playing for this like British tier two organization. But the problem with this roster is this. First off, I have no idea. Why do you get rid of Unforgiven? Like why? He was great. He was very strong this past year. Loved to be, you know, to play more of a lane dominant nope, style. Carzy better. Carzy <laughs> was on Vitality, not doing well. I guess... I guess Unforgiven is rumored to go to 100 Thieves Academy, which is also very strange. Like, I guess he's like the double lift insurance policy, potentially, if double lift uh, yet again can't survive for an entire year. Speaking of what Dom was saying earlier about being unable to put it together for 11 months. Um, 
But why you get rid of Unforgiven for Karzi is just an absolute mystery to me, especially when you're going to bring in Hillisang, which is like two polar opposite styles. So unless Hillisang is going to be everywhere on the map and leave Karzi alone in lane. But the problem with this is Niski also wants to be everywhere on the map. So I guess everybody's going to pile into Chasey's lane and see if a new guy can carry. What is the philosophy behind this roster? No idea. I, I have no idea. I mean, I guess it's just like El Yoya fucking carry. Like it's going to be jungle. I guess. I, I mean, it's just weird because you, it seems like they, there's not built in synergy within the bot lane. Like I would actually have been very interested in seeing an unforgiven Hillisang bot lane. Like, why, how come we can't have that? <laughs> I don't I, know. I, I, I don't know what's going on here. It's very strange. Yeah, it's really weird. Roster construction doesn't make much sense to me. And then also, I, yeah, I mean, one. You, I feel like you want one. You either want a Karzi or a Hilly in the lane. I don't think you want both. That sounds <laughs> that sounds like there's going to be no one that's going to call off a play ever. It's like, can we all end them level two? It's uh, junglers pathing bottom. Ah, oh, no, it's fine. We can kill him before he's here. It's like double kill every fucking game. Every game they're going to get double killed. Now, I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, like maybe Hillisong comes back and he actually looks good. That's the thing about Hilly. He's such a wild card. You never know if he's going to be playing well or yep. if he's going to have a year like this. I would say that this is the first year where I like kind of lost some faith in Hilly where he just, I mean, he played generally bad after like spring split regular season. He played bad for the rest of the year, which is really crazy to me. He's always been able to you know, at least get it together for like the important times of the season, playoffs, you know, world, something. Well, let's move from Mad Lions to the roster that Karzi's Karzi played for before in Vitality. This was the super team last year that just never quite was able to put it together for prolonged periods, as we've talked about throughout this show. Uh, Neon and Kaiser moving on over. And then now a full season of Bo, Dom. What, uh, Alfari and Photon there on the top side. What, what, what do you make of these rumored moves here? Uh, I mean, I, I think that, that Bo is just going to smurf. Like, I know people are, are really, they're skeptical. They're like, oh, he's like almost too hyped. Like, stop believing in him. You know, imports haven't been that successful outside of Malrong in, in Europe. I mean, I guess like Trick and, uh, and Expect a long time ago were pretty successful. But, you know, Huni, if you want to go that Huni? far. Yeah. Rain over. Yeah. I mean, just they in recent times. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But uh um, think well, I mean, Dom's point is the hype, right? Like this this is this is the hype. It's the bow hype. Yeah, I, I think he's gonna be insane. I mean, last time we saw him in competitive, like if you watched those LPL games, it's so fucking hard to like to doubt this guy. I mean, he actually just smurfed every game. Like, how crazy is that to come into your first 10 games and just play 10 games in a row? And that's five different series in LPL and just 2-0 every single one, and then just be like dropping nukes while you're like you come into the league, you're like, oh, here's like a 17 kill Olaf game. It's like, is that the yeah? That's the re that's the record. We've never seen anyone <laughs> drop that many kills in, in a jungle game up until you know Viego come out. It came out, and then some people broke it. I think Carsa Carsa ended up having a game that broke it. And maybe somebody else dropped like 17, but these are some fucking insane performances that the guy had. And then you know he goes over to European solo queue, hits rank one with ease, like just 60 percent, just easily fucking hits rank one. And you know that people don't want him to hit rank one on the server. You know people don't want just uh, an import to come to your server and just dick everyone. Like there's going to be people that are trying to hold them back. Doesn't matter. Just wins regardless. I don't know. I think he's going to be just so insane. And, you know, I think it's going to be really nice for perks to be able to 
you know, have a jungler that, that he can play around because it feels like every jungler that, that ends up playing with perks, like they just, at some point they lose the ability to carry and they just start becoming like perks dog. But I don't think that's going to happen with Bo. I think Bo is going to be like perks. It's okay, man. You're getting a little bit older. No, you're, you're, you're an older married man now. Like let, let me fucking carry the game. Follow me around, <laughs> get on my back. Like get carried bro <laughs> i mean i love what what vitality did obviously like picking up neon when he became a free agent as a result of the team buyout was great i think neon had a very solid performance last year i think kaiser is still a a very good support player um i think he uh he suffered with some of his synergy with el yoya which I can only assume is part of the reasons he's not on Mad Lions now if El Yoya was staying. And then, uh, look, Photon is coming straight from Korea, which I find interesting because he was on the T1 uh, Academy Challenges. roster before this. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I don't watch a, a lot of Tier 2 in Korea, but I have talked to people, and people thought he was good, but maybe not the very top top laner so i'd love to know more about the rationality behind vitality selecting him but i do think that vitality's like primary issues was that last year they could never really get it together in terms of their early game performances like they were really dissociated from each other when they were in like the laning phase and the early parts of the jungle and sometimes they could come back and win just because they would have that veteran shot calling and like team fighting ability in the late game but I think this roster, especially as Dom says, if you add Bo and then you have Kaiser here as well to kind of catalyze this early game performance, I'm really hyped about the Vitality roster. I think it's really interesting. And I think that they made the right moves. Like Karzi wasn't up to snuff. His champion pool is not great. Um, he's a very passive player. Lebrov was a player that always had tons of hype. Everybody would say, oh my God, he's so good in solo queue. Oh my God, he's so good in scrims. But I never really felt like we saw that brilliance when it came to his onstage matches with Vitality. And then Alfari, you know, frankly was pretty mediocre last year and perhaps the the fresh blood will will do something here but i think this is a really exciting roster I, i'm deeply intrigued by what this team is going to show and just a quick note alfari has re-signed so it is a two like it feels like it's photons starting spot but alfari is also there after taking some time off uh that one was reported uh on twitter and by one of the uh one of the i guess verified outlets there um Cool. Vitality down. Let's move on over to BDS. Team BDS. Uh, okay. do, we, do we have to? Look, yeah, just, Crownshot just, finally was able to be promoted like he should have been, you know, last year. Uh, it was shocking that he wasn't actually going to be able to get that slot. Otherwise, this team is, I think, pretty uninteresting overall. Dumb? Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I, I, I don't have faith in anyone besides for maybe the bot lane. It feels like it's going to be the um the same issue that happened on that old Vitality roster where it was like, all right, here it is. Here's the bot lane. It's LeBron and Crowny. Like, they're going to fucking try to take over. Play through them or we lose. Play through them. They can win lane. Play through them or we fucking lose. That's how that's how it felt that whole, that whole time. So I, I expect it to be a similar problem um as, as spring. Like, Adam was fine in ERLs, but he was fine in ERL. I mean, he was good in ERLs, I guess, but 
to me, he's the same player that he always was. Like when I was watching, I watched a lot of, uh, I watched so much fun. I watched an unreasonable amount of um, BDSA because not only am I friends with Crowny, so I'd watch his matches, but I'm also like a, a certified Adam hate watcher. So I also had to watch the <laughs> matches. It was just a perfect allocation of my time. Uh, killing two birds with one stone there. So I watched a lot of his gameplay and he'll still smurf with like Olaf. He'll still have like a really good Darius game, but those are still the champions that he's best on. Like he's added NAR to his pool a little bit. He's pretty good at NAR. But if we end up in any of these metas where, you know, you're playing things like fucking GP over and over again, Jace over and over again, these types of metas, he's not, he's not, he's going to be bottom of the league. He's going to be one of the worst um, top laners in the entire uh, LEC. So he'll probably just be dead last. It'll just be, it'll be back to Academy for a split. And then, you know, he'll, he'll swap back uh, by the end of the, the, the year. But I don't know. I, I just feel like, Nuclear Int had a kind of good rookie split. And then after that, he's just been average. And, and Shea wasn't great, in my opinion. He he had some good games, but he never he never really like struck me as like, oh, this guy like really knows what the fuck he's doing. Like, for example, Yike actually did look like that in LFL. It looked like Yike was very, very like cognizant of all the abilities he had, like all the options he had on the map and just selecting what was the best one. Where a lot of times it just feels like Shea can get lost in the game. So I'm just like, I don't know. I feel like their top side is really going to to struggle. Yeah, and, and with BDS and part of a couple of moves here for the LEC, this is one of the legacy coaching staffs that seem to be on the way out with Grabs and Duffman moving on, the Yamato Cannon also moving on from Fnatic, but it did allow, not allow, but it, you know, as, as you lose a couple, you get Peter Dunn back, who did great things over at Evil Geniuses. So BDS... Uh, that's it. We'll move on from BD. <laughs> Wait, I, I was trying to look for the Alfari thing. Where you found a, a rumor that Alfari is actually staying? Yeah, I I hadn't heard that. If yeah, you, I hadn't heard that either. So clicking on so in the tracker, boom, mm -hmm. it's in the tracker. Where's that's the tracker? true. Here, I'll I'll copy the tweet to you. Yeah, Alfari's reached an agreement with Team Vitality to re. I think that is resign, not resign. I'm pretty sure that's think, resign his contract. Resign his contract. <laughs> oh, at the beginning uh, of the episode, uh, so it is resign. Not termination, no. Yep. Okay, so, so he's taking a break. Off. Okay, got so it, it is photon go. all the way. There you all go. Right. Thank you for clarifying that. No, no, that's good. No, that's good. We got that clarified. I was like, um, oh, no. Yeah. So I, I think that's a that's a super interesting and bold move by them. Um, but yeah, I mean, we can. We can talk about some of these other rosters uh, like G2. I think we should probably talk there. Uh, pretty, pretty interesting that they would get rid of Yankos. But as I understand it, uh, Caps signed a, a new three-year deal with G2. And part of that deal was that Caps was going to have a lot of his voice in, in the roster moves. And kind of surprising because I think Yankos has been, you know, had a pretty good year overall. Maybe not his best. He, but I, I think he's a really solid voice and like team captain. And I'm also su not surprised about getting rid of Flacket. And I think Hansama will probably do much better in a different environment. I don't think that Hansama's poor performance in Team Liquid was really an indication that he's going to be down and out forever. But I was surprised about Targamas, considering how good Targamas was for a lot of this year. 
and how versatile he was as a player. But I guess Caps really just wants to play with Mickey X again, uh, is what I can infer from this. Or they think that they need perhaps a more experienced support player with a newer jungler could also be uh, part of the equation that they're going in with. It's weird, though. Like, I don't know if this iteration of G2 is really going to hit the peaks that we're accustomed to seeing from this organization. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I feel like they're going to be strong. Like, just they have enough veteran players. And I, I think that they have also, like, they have a good jungler for that team because it felt like, like, yike, he knows how to play with winning lanes. You know, he's not somebody, like, he, he experienced this before. So I don't think that he's the type of guy that's going to, like, get lost on the map or be like, oh, I don't I don't really know what I should be doing like in these states. It feels like he knows how to snowball a game. So I think that that G2 will actually be pretty good. Like I, I probably have them just out of the gate top three. I, I also think that a couple things in terms of the optics of the move, like so Mickey X coming back to G2, it feels really easy to say, oh, it was a, a Carlos drama thing. It might be, but I generally that's not what generates those types of moves i do think it's caps getting input and saying hey let's you know if we're getting rid of our bot lane who do you want i'm surprised that hansama gets to go to such a prestigious spot after looking as rough as he did over at team liquid like i think there may have been some other things going on at team liquid well yeah no no i i agree i agree but like broken blade he went from tsm and then he had to go to a shalka team that was not what it was at the end when it had to sell and now is you know bounce back and i think he'll be a good mentor for hans being like hey welcome back you're on, you're on a hype team in north america didn't work out here's the road back i do think there's 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 that kind of experience that he can share with hans in case there's some bumps in the road yeah i mean i think the the main thing about hans that that i've heard from talking to like former teammates and just people that have played with him is that he's somebody who's super sensitive to his environment so if the environment is not like comfortable he'll underperform if the environment is really good he'll be like one of the best players in the league so i mean mechanically from watching him play i felt like he was just not good and that's like it's hard for me to imagine that being only environment like when you're watching somebody play and it's like oh you just like can't flash abilities anymore or you're like not autoing like the right tar you like don't know where you can like walk and stuff it's hard for me to be like that's just environment but it could just be you know like i've like that might just be the situation so um I think that he's one of the players I'm going to be watching the closest because I really was disappointed by his performance in North America. Like I thought he was going to be extremely good and he was yep. just like pretty bad. I mean, he just looked like a completely different player. So he's one of the players that I really too, need to considering he ended his time on rogue with such a high at worlds and, and having such a strong performance and then immediately came to NA and the skill vampires got to him. But as soon as he stepped off the plane, it was crazy. Well, yeah, then it's also like he's leading with Core JJ, and the whole thing about Han Sama in Europe was that he was so good in lane. That's why it was like, ah, oh, ban Kalista, ban Draven. He's just gonna fucking shit on you in lane. Well, he like became a fucking Seraphine Jinx two trick. How did that happen? <laughs> and, and like Jinx wasn't even meta. Like I, I don't know. It was really weird. It was really weird. But who knows? Maybe he'll end up uh, doing better. I, I think he's gonna be one of the the players that are gonna he's gonna be under some of the most uh like uh, amount of scrutiny because you know i mean you, it's very rare that a player gets to have a year like han sama did and they just like they're just chilling you know yeah. like they're just into a top team ori- originally like you have to have such an insane rapport to play like shit for a year and then come back to like a top team it's like <laughs> normally you have to 
play like shit for a year and then join like an average team, then perform exactly. well there. And then maybe you can fucking come back to a top team like afterwards. Like there's not normally just that like, nope, you still get into the top team based off rep alone. Like, I guess, I mean, he, I mean, he looked good in solo queue. He hit rank one in EU. Maybe that counted for something. And people are like, oh, well, maybe it was just NA and this is a statement that he's back and he's like really serious about it. Who knows? Is there, we'll uh, uh, Monty, is there, I know that we have like the, the, the dot a award, right? Uh, do we have an award for a player that performs well at worlds and then has the drop off? Because I think that's, <laughs> that's, that's Hans's, that's Hans's <laughs> award. And you can't tell like until me. the year afterwards, right? You can't I mean, tell. We might have to do a Zeka award now too, for like the glow Zeka. up of a, of a player at worlds. Um, Zeka, King. There you go. Those two, I think those two are the ones that I <laughs> think of from that DRX squad. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was really weird though to see Hansama uh, drop off, a, uh, fall off a cliff like that. Uh, right. I think he'll make it back. I think he'll make it back. I think there were extenuating factors. I think potentially he was very homesick as well. So we'll see if if being back in Europe will will do him right. Uh, friends at home, if you haven't subscribed already, go ahead and subscribe, and then in the comment below. Let's name what that award is, where you have the pop-off <laughs> world's performance, you get the contract, and it's a big fall-off there. And Maybe name it's a the couple Juan Fung Award. <laughs> Angel. Or, uh, I mean, it could just be the Sword Art Award, right? He came to, he got he got the TSM FTX money when it was still TSM FTX, and then uh, yeah, go. he did. He had many good world's performances over the years. That year was not one of them. <laughs> 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 that year was not one of them. Um, uh, you know, a team that I am, I, I, the team that I'm actually pretty excited about too is Excel. Uh, okay. I think that th this roster ended up with a lot of pieces that were cast off either from teams dissolving like Misfits. So they got VTO, um, or from Targamas not being wanted for whatever reason on G2. And so kind of them doing a swap with Mickey X and then Odo Omne seems like he was just not offered to deal on rogue or coy or whatever you want to call them. But I think that this roster makes a lot of sense in theory with Xerxes as well. And I'm really excited to see what they can put together because Odo Omni is such a great like team captain and known quantity. Like you're never going to get the big hard carry performances out of him on carry top laners, which I think is probably why rogue slash coy wanted to move a different direction but there's a lot of individual talent on this roster and we've seen what vto can do with resources so it seems to make logical sense if you can play through mid lane that this excel roster can be pretty good yep dumb uh i mean i think that the roster looks really good um i just think that it looks like they could be capped in certain metas that's my biggest issue is like Xerxes has always been a very like champion reliant player where if champions that he likes that have like unique skills are in the meta, he can be a beast. Like, so he's really good at like playing Gragas jungle and like Zach jungle and rumble and like these types of, of champions with very like ulti, like team fight defining abilities, but he's never been like the best, you know, Elise Rek'Sai uh, Lee Sin player where you end up in this like early game meta and you actually have to like advance the, the games. He's always also been somebody that um does well with like a lot of farm. Like he, he mm. kn knows how to like be resource heavy. So those things are, are, are definitely useful. Um, but it it's like I said, it's, it's meta dependent. 
And then when you look at like other options of it, I, I really have to see how how um, Patrick ends up performing with uh with like I mean a, a, a good team because Patrick's just been on a mediocre to like bad team forever. It's I mean he's always heralded as one of like the godsends of EU, right? Like this guy is one of the best AD carries. Everyone will tell you that. When I watch his games, I think he's good. I don't think he's like amazing. I wouldn't say that he's like a top 380 carry in Europe. So I think this is his season. If he really is a top 380 carry in Europe, we better end up see, seeing a, a top three performance then. Excel. Well, one of the players that were on Excel before had to move on. Let's head on over to one of Dom's favorite teams. It's Astralis as Finn, former top laner over there for Excel, now finds himself there. While he was overseas in Korea, he found out the news like on the plane or on the way to the plane. He tweeted it out. It sounds pretty funny. Uh, Finn, 113, Dajor, uh, Kabe, and Jonghoon uh, there for this squad. What, what, what Look, do we man, think? Astralis is just picking up the scraps. Look, as soon as XL had the chance to go grab Odo Omne when they realized that he was not going to be on a roster, like Finn had, I think, an extremely rocky time in summer on XL. Like he was the reason sometimes they won games, but by the end, he was a lot of the reason why they were losing games. And I think that level of inconsistency in his career probably just means that if you're going to get VTO, you want somebody super stable in top lane, which is Odo Omne. And I don't think that I think it was time for for Finn to move off of the XL roster. I think he's a player who's mostly capped in terms of his abilities at this point in time. I don't know how Finn like breaks through to the next level of his own performance, having watched him now for the all these years. Right. Like, what is the stage in which he's that's going to happen? He's streaky. Uh, he's got weird pocket picks that he can sometimes win you games on. The Kled might always come out, but is he the guy who's going to take you to a title? I don't think so. Finn has always had a consistency issue. He just can't put it together. He can't have a good split. He'll always have a good part of the split and then a bad part of the split. He never yeah. is like good for an, uh, an elongated period of time. So I think that's the, the biggest issue with him. He just struggles to maintain like really solid consistency for, for long periods. And that's an issue. So, I mean, to be honest, Astralis is kind of a perfect fit for where he is at his career. He's a player where, like, you put him on a team. If he ends up, like, having a breakthrough and being good, then maybe, like, maybe the team ends up, like, fifth or sixth or something crazy like that. Then he moves on to, like, a better team gets another shot. But, I mean, I don't think that he's a player that you want to have on a team that you're looking to, like, go to Worlds on. Like, if your goal is, like, we need to go to Worlds this year, I don't think you can get a player like Finn. He's somebody who's, like, capping out at, like, a seventh place team. That That's where I, I, I think that... um he should go. The one one three signing is like insane to me because one one three was, I mean, he was the anchor of K Corp. He was the reason that K Corp didn't make it, like even through LFL playoffs. I mean, they lost like first round and then didn't make it to EU Masters. Like he was the worst player on this team, um, and I can say that with confidence after watching like all of their games. I mean, sounds like he was, was cheap. But it's like, even even if, if other players are, uh, sure, like, he's cheap. Like, I mean, I could, I, I assume that he's cheap. But the problem is that other players are fucking cheap, too. Like, you have, like, a bunch of players that are, that, that are, are cheap enough where you should be looking for, like, I don't know, you should be looking for, and uh, like, as somebody else that, that has a, a, a better, like, upside. Like, I would have looked for, for a, another player from LFL. I would have looked for, like, Skeens or something instead of, like, I mean, maybe Skeens wanted to go to K-Corp over... Um, Astralis, I could definitely see that, but I don't know. I just think that there's better fucking players 
out there. I, I think one one three is just not ready yet. I think he's going to get absolutely fucking mugged in 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 LEC. He's just gonna get shit on. It's gonna be crazy. Yeah. And I feel like these types of like moves. I mean, he's a player that has potential, but I think going to LEC this early after the year he just had. I mean, maybe he's unlocked. Who knows? Maybe he ends up just being a, an absolute beast because he has like the mechanics. He's a good individual player, but it just seems like in pro play, you just can't get it together. Uh, this is, I love it because you, you use the literal sense of anchor, not the figurative <laughs> yeah. sense of anchor. When I, you I said was like, anchor, going I was, with this? <laughs> I was like, interesting. Oh, he means that he's dragging the ship down into the depths. <laughs> yeah. 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 I know they, yeah, the the actual anchor. Like, okay, <laughs> is this the men's true shoes of of K Corp? Yep. All right, all right, all right. I, I I am I'm getting us out of here. We spent more time on Australia than what I thought we would here, Dom. But uh, appreciated. Thank you for the insights. Let's close it on out here uh, with the team that got the furthest uh, at Worlds. Uh, the artist formerly known as Rogue Koi picking up uh, Shigenda instead of you know moving on with Odawamne uh but that seems to be uh the main move there yeah I think this this move just says like look we feel like we've hit our ceiling with the current iteration of the roster and Shigenda offers higher potential higher upside but also a lower floor and we're gonna roll the dice on it and to be fair to Rogue as as critical as it's as it is to be of this move um, because obviously they're coming off of a title and although, albeit like also a kind of disappointing world's performance, I, I think that rogue has always been aggressive about their moves and they haven't rested on their laurels, even when they've done well. And they've adapted to losing players that were very key to their play style, like inspired and Hansama and replaced them with very different players such as Malrong and been and found ways to be successful. And I think a lot of that is a credit to their management and, and Freddie one, two, two on the coaching staff. So if they think that this risk is worth taking with Shigenda, I think we should probably trust them at least at the outset because they've, they've consistently made good roster moves in the past. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree with your, with your assessment that it's like higher upside, lower downside. I just think that it is, something that is like weighted towards the downside. Like I, if I had to bet, I would expect him to be just worse than, than Odo Omne, like just overall, not as good as Odo Omne over the course of the split. Like I'd be very surprised if in a year time, like Segenda is actually considered like the best or like one of the best um, in the league. I, I, I too share your doubts, but uh, nobody knew who the fuck Malrong was, and he ended up. I mean, being... but we know who Segenda is, right? Like, like that's we've true. seen him in LEC we did, yeah. before. Yep. So, like, he he's gotten. T it's not he's not like a new player, right? Like, he's somebody who's was in LEC. He was really hyped up. He was ultra hyped. He was supposed to be like the god of top lane. Then he was like okay, mediocre. Got kicked twice actually, and then spent a year in LFL. We're like in LFL, man. Like. I don't even know if I could say that Segenda was like with confidence better than Adam in L LFL. Well, I think that <laughs> you might have to say that that Adam is just a better top laner coming in. That's tough. Well, that's the move that the team that went the furthest with all the uh, stability and, 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 and track record of making moves have made, as uh, Monty said. So, Koi, uh, the big thing there. Did you want to see any other moves from Rogue that you're like, ah, off the top of my head, this is something that 
they might have been able to upgrade or could have you know waited to see the free agency market from somewhere else because they do have another import slot there with Maorong taking up the the only one so far. I mean, I mean look, I'm... it feels to me that this was really telegraphed for a long time because like when when Odo Amne announced that he was never in any kind of negotiations, then it's it feels like this has been they really must have wanted Shigenda and like locked him down pretty quickly is the only thing I can I can assume, right? Like this was very pre-planned and very calculated. I mean, I'm not even sure if that means that they wanted Segendo or they just knew that it's like, okay, so Odo just got a championship. His value is like really high right now. We don't want to fucking pay. Like that's the thing about, about Rogue in general, right? Like they don't want to pay high for their talent. Like even though they have made good roster moves, they've made good roster moves for cheap. Like they're winning out like on, on the market, right? Like they sold Inspired. I mean, they signed Inspired to a really good contract. Then they sold them, right? They like Han Sama, I'm not sure if his contract was up. Maybe his contract was up, but if it wasn't up, they they made a lot of money um, on on him as well. So they're the type of team that will go for players that they think are like similar skill, potentially more upside, that are like cheaper than the player they currently have. It feels like they. I mean, there's been no time where Rogue has really broke the bank. I mean, maybe their most expensive player in their history was potential i mean maybe it was han sama if it wasn't han sama it was it was probably uh i mean it was probably odo omni when he originally signed like they don't i mean most of their players are homegrown right like inspired came through their academy system <laughs> larson did the same trimby did the same like you already have like a lot of your core players already coming from from your own system and you know the other players they picked up were not super highly like coveted imports i mean comp wasn't even in lec like he was looking for a job for a while so yeah, I don't know. I think it's uh, I think it's definitely it's definitely an interesting um, definitely an interesting move. I just think that like Rogue is okay. Like maybe they're not the best. Even if they end up like Segenda underperforms and they're like second or third, like they're still gonna be fine. They'll still be like a top team. They'll still probably go to Worlds regardless. All right, I said it was the last team. It's SK. But it's uh, it's not. It was SK. Uh, God Gellius yep. continues on. Mark Noon uh, joining. Freaks the... announced today that he's no longer going to be the starting support. Doss is the rumored start. Like, oh, I don't yeah. know. What do you what do you say about SK? Like, irrelevant was a an interesting like pickup. I think for Misfits, like they had a good scouting system. I haven't seen this guy in enough metas to really understand how good he is in, in the top lane and potentially different metas. Marcoon has been good, but when you have that opportunity on XL to get Cirque instead, I think you probably take that opportunity. And then the rest of it's like pretty mediocre. What's interesting is that there were rumors that SK was actually trying to spend money this season, but nobody wanted to join the team. So this is just kind of what they ended up with. But I do know they were actually trying to throw around money at certain points in time. Nice. And just no one wants to join the team. I mean, maybe they're throwing around money. When I when I look at their their roster, it feels like they couldn't have had that much. Like they might have been like, hey, we want to up our budget a little bit. It's like, oh, so from like a dollar and a half per player to like two dollars <laughs> a player. Nice. Like, great. I, I think they lucked out with Marcoon. I think Marcoon is, is actually super talented. Um, Irrelevant was solid. He was good. He wasn't like crazy good. And I mean, he looks like he's pretty limited. He's like the guy who you're going to weak side. probably I, I, mean, forever. Look, I mean, look, man, like I've seen a bunch of Sejuani. Like you need to show me something more for me to have confidence too. in you as a long-term top laner, right? Yeah. I mean, the good thing is that 
like normally you can get away with being a good tank player like Orin is probably going to be in there at some point so you know what yeah you'll probably be okay just weak side i mean the thing is even if if weak side champions like that aren't like available like there's other things that 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 will fit into like that type of uh, of play style like you can always end up being the renekton guy the atrox guy like in those carry metas i mean yeah i mean i think i think that, that he'll be okay it's just the problem is that for me like unless certus has a complete breakthrough and he just becomes a monster i think they're gonna lack like firepower on their team like you can't have your jungler be your best player all right well there you have it uh exakick gonna be one of the youngest players in the league at 19 years old, uh, he'll be tied uh, up with Dajor over for Astralis. All right, those are your teams. We kind of gave you the big overview, so we've got another segment to simplify it as we get wait, more. Wait, 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 wait. Let's talk about LCS really quickly as well, because this, this is much less uh, solidified, but we do have to go over some like brief thoughts. So first off, Dion, when we were talking with Jack at the finals, he basically yep. said, like, yeah, we want to run it, run back this roster, which it looks like they're pretty much doing, except with uh, potentially Diplex in instead of Jensen. But it's also unclear as to who's going to be starting, potentially, or if Jensen's even technically moving on at this point in time. Um, and then, like, there really haven't been a lot of, like there are some free agents that are probably moving around. I think just in brief, like obviously Papa Smithy was just um, announced as the GM of FlyQuest. So there's going to most likely be a ton of movement over there. Um, Golden Guardians, the rumor is who he's going back. Uh, Immortals, we really have no idea what's going on over there. Evil Geniuses Impact should be shopping around. He is going to be a free agent. And there are, there's a lot of smoke and likely fire around Team Liquid being an all-Korean roster with Yun, Hayri, um, Impact, and like TBD Jungler with Core JJ. Um, nobody knows what the fuck's going on with TSM. Uh, CLG hasn't made any announcements, but all their players continue to be contracted. And then 100 Thieves is... By the way, guys, totally not a hoodie org. Totally not. They 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 say not a hoodie org whatsoever. We're here mm -hmm. to build, you know, get championships. They get into three finals in a row and win one of them, and then apparently now they're just going to eject a bunch of their players and sign Bjergsen and Doublelift, which I can assume is to sell hoodies. That's really the only reason why I would assume you would do that to the degree that it sounds like they had to sign Unforgiven as a backup just in case double lift booms halfway through a season again. <laughs> that was a pretty good overview of the LCS. I thought we were doing that afterwards, but yeah. <laughs> yeah I did quick. It, it, well, sure. The other thing, Jungle Juice getting signed now over for 100 Thieves, getting bumped up to be one of the decision makers there. Counter Logic Gaming listening to offers, but as you said, having all of their players there. What is Evil Geniuses going to do? Is, it's already been announced that uh, Kaori is going overseas so he won't be there so who's going to be starting at their 80 carry role uh fly quest has done a good job of scouting talent and takui is now gone he was the what second team all pro mid laner now gone <laughs> but the fly quest thing is the most interesting thing to me because they when talking with teams they seem to be the highest rumored mover and shaker in this season's off season the new, for the, the new ownership, ownership i think wants to spend yes um 
who are they going to get though? Like who, who's going to end up being on their roster if they want to spend like, I don't know. Seems, uh, seems interesting. I mean, I've heard impact. I'm not the leak guy. Okay. I, I know some things that I think are interesting, but I'm not the leak guy. <laughs> That's right. I, I comment on up. the other leak guys. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> too, too much information from Papa Smithy, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think, I, I think, uh, it's it's very I, there's there's going to be a lot of kind of random movement in the LCS for the reasons that we stated earlier with a lot of teams cutting back budgets and many players, I think, are going to test free agency, which means that roster creation might be a little bit haphazard because it's going to be a lot. I think there's going to be a big scramble of players in about a week that are all free agents. And then it's just going to be a clown fiesta of everybody trying to, like, find who they want to be on a team with super fast and, like, get the best possible deal. But the deals probably aren't going to be too amazing for the most part as as teams slash their budgets. So could be could be quite fascinating but a, a lot of these rosters are not really settled yet from from my understanding or it's like oh we're just going to run it back again yeah uh, again and a couple guys obviously make the announcements of wanting to come back uh double lift leading that charge but po belter also <laughs> made it known to everyone Wait, what do you well. make a double lift coming back tom uh <laughs> well playing him with him in solo queue recently He's been playing 80 carry, I guess. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's about it. He'll be, I mean, he'll be one of the 80 carries in the league for sure. I, I mean, I just think like putting him together with this, this like rookie Busio, who, even though he's been really hyped up coming through the hundred thieves development system is like, seems like that could be kind of disastrous Doublelift is like 10 years older and obviously has a very strong personality and him being paired with a rookie player may not be great for team morale that, that's gonna make him one of the oldest players in 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 all of League it will of make him it will make him the oldest player in lcs if afro is not playing which i don't know if he will or not we'll see right I, i'm just looking through the list of ages here in terms of the free agent list that we have and he's older than most of the coaches on the list as well but hey man age is number you look over at dota right fear one of the most successful players from north america for evil geniuses he played into late into his two uh i think into into his 30s i think he played into his 30s so it's doable it's doable but uh you know i mean look i'm just saying yet. with some of the people that are coming back i i might as well come back it might be time like, I, I think that this might be our final show because I don't know. I don't know. Tom. You had the opportunity we... to do it. Broxa had the uh, the visa issues. That's what I thought you were going to do it, man. Welcome to back to Dignitas, Tom. Oh, nice. I'll be playing with. Oh, I, I'll literally start target banning Narge in professional games just so my top later will learn champions. Like, I'm, I am down. We will we will sack a split. I mean, that's the whole thing about having Noah. <laughs> having, having having no relegation is you can just play for the summer split and yeah you're gonna see a lot of nar bands for me in in spring so i'm down but no i mean it, obviously it's it's a joke last time i actually talked to teams about potentially playing with season eight so <laughs> that's like five <laughs> years ago at this point that would have been fun uh a great sight to see all right uh cool 
We will fill in more of the LCS roster moves and cover the ones that actually go through as they happen later on in our offseason. Again, we got about, what, a month? A month and a half? We have like a week until it officially opens. What is it, the 24th, Monty? Is it the 22nd or 24th? 22nd. All right, the 22nd. So less than a week before free agency fully opens. But as we know, a lot of these moves uh, uh, happen a you're little You're saying less than a week because you're in Korea. But yes, a week. Oh, yeah, that's right. A week. Sorry. He goes <laughs> in the future. <laughs> I'm in a PC cafe. It is, it is wild. I went, went to the T1 headquarters. It was no trucks. It was truck-free. Uh, oh, went cool. to the DRX headquarters. They were just recklessly abandoning, blasting League of Legends music. They were blasting like Star Walk In and had like a massive, massive banner in front of like the offices saying like world champs. And people would just come up, take a picture and leave. It was really, really cool. So uh, really fun to see how things were done here in terms of the offices and, and the celebration of the teams. Uh, okay. So that was our Galaxy Brain Club discussion across the Western terms of, of free agents. But now let's cycle it down to the ones that actually excite us the most or the least with a little bit of high key, low key, no key. All right, guys. What we're going to our high key, low key, no key moves that have been made. We're not doing top free agents yet. We'll do moves that have been made so far. So give me your high key signing of a team. So either you could do it for player to team or team to player, justify it however you want. But which one are you most excited to see? Let's start with you, Dom. What is your high key move of the offseason so far? Um, high key move of the offseason is I mean, it's probably just Bo being in the league. Like now Bo actually <laughs> starting. I mean, all I think of that's vitality is pretty high key though. That's a pretty yeah. good high key one. Uh, yeah, I mean, all of them are high key, but specifically Bo, I think, is the highest key like of them all. So that's my high key. All right. Monty, what you got? Uh, we'll start a new segment called Dom's Boner, where he <laughs> talks <laughs> about Bo every week during the LEC split. Yeah. Not to yeah. confuse with the other boner that uh, got beat by somebody that was missing a smite key in World Finals. Different players. <laughs> Actually, you know what? It'll be how Bo wins the next week's match and we'll call it Bostradamus. That's what we'll do. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like that. All right. Monty, what you got for high key move of the uh, season so far? I'm pretty excited about Vitality's roster, but I really like what Excel did um, because I think that they picked up a lot of players that were high value free agents in VTO, Odoamne, and Targamas. And this roster just makes sense. Like moving on from Nuke Duck and replacing him with uh, MVP in VTO where they can play and uh, count on that carry from the mid lane is a very new look for Excel. But I think that this roster makes a lot of sense on paper and hopefully we'll finally like take Excel as a team into like that top three echelon of, of LEC that they've been kind of flirting with for a long time, but it felt like they had really capped out and now they've got some, the right pieces in order to make that a reality. All right. I, I think for me, I am high key excited for Yankos to move on in his next chapter of his career after spending so much time over at HGK and then what five, 
almost six years over with G2, now having another opportunity to do that and getting to gank with Evie. I'm high key about this top <laughs> side of the map for Heretics because I have no idea what to expect. Uh, and I feel like it'll be very fun to watch. So uh, those are our high key moves. Let's go to our low key moves, something that is a little under the radar that isn't as exciting or in the front, but something you'll keep an eye on. Let's start with you, Monty, on this one. What is a low key move that you're excited about? Uh, so I'm I'm going to go over to LCS for this because I think that if you look at Cloud9, Jensen really didn't have a spectacular split on C9. And I know nothing about this Diplex guy, um, but I think they had to move on. And yeah, people will point at Fudge's performance at Worlds, but he had been switching back to top lane and the rest of the team was pretty hard underperforming. They won through Berserker. Yeah, Sven wasn't super good on some of the melee supports, and he struggled, but I think Sven is a grinder, and now that he's got an offseason to really work on some of his uh, support play, as well as having a newer, younger mid laner that can hopefully be directed by Blabber and get some synergy there, I'm kind of excited about C9, actually. like I think this is a change that need to be made. Jensen just... He never really got back into the form that he was in before he took the break in the spring. And his champion pool, I think, was a pretty consistent problem for C9 that they kind of just had to play into because he didn't have a lot of versatility anymore. And I hope Diplex can bring something else to the roster. Okay. Hey, Dom. I mean, I'm low-key excited for the uh, the 100 Thieves roster. Oh, get get out. I, I think I think the reason why I'm most excited actually is because now there's going to be one less co-streamer on the uh, <laughs> on the LCS platform. So that's that's sort of the, that's the source of my of my excitement. You know, seeing seeing that viewer number and like uh, you know bank account number go up. I think that's that's pretty exciting for me. <laughs> Fair enough. That is indeed low-key I guess exciting. I think now for me- all that needs to happen is LS needs to go get a coaching gig again and you'll be free. Hey, yep. and then it's time <laughs> then it's time and then i get banned and then there's no co-streamers they're like oh we didn't kill co-streamers just none of the co-streamers want to do it anymore i don't know i think uh for me i'm i'm low-key excited to see what rux does uh rux stepping into this role here for Fnatic, and you know the performance he did on stage and all the hype behind it and to make a move like that away from hilly who did have a down year but has been such a perennial uh i guess uh, person as well. That seems to be the theme, right? Uh, Yanko's making the move away from G2, Hilly making the move away, but I'm excited for Rux to see what he's able to provide uh, to this Fnatic roster and how he's going to fit in with Reckless. Like That's going to be something you want to peek in uh, week to week. All right. And then finally, our Noki move. The move that we don't want to see. The move that happened anyways, and now we just get to hate it until we see how it pans out. Dom, you go first here. Yeah, my no-key move is going to be uh, Dignitas Armut. I am not <laughs> excited at all for Dig Armut. And personally, like, I'm just, I just hate when we make moves like this as a region. I just feel like this is just the reason why we fucking suck perpetually. Like, actually, not, not the only reason, but it's one of the reasons why we suck perpetually. Um, you know, at some point, you have to, to trust in players. Like, I mean, if you're going to develop a player, develop a player. If you're going to import, import somebody who's worth being imported. Don't import, like, we're importing somebody that wouldn't even be on an LEC team next year. Like, who who would have kept Armut on their team? Who would have taken Armut on their team in LEC? Probably no one. So then we just get him anyway. Like, we don't need 
the fucking scraps. Like, if, if you want to import, import somebody fucking good. Or import somebody, like, young from Asia. Like, you go for somebody like Photon. Like, we saw what happened with Berserker, right? Like, go for somebody like Photon. Yeah, go yeah. for somebody like Invincible, who's, like, an Academy player um, over in LPL who looks pretty good. Go for somebody like Solo. Actually, you'd never get Solo killed because he's just going to go to EDG main squad. But go for, like, some player like that that has some some hype and some, and some, like, massive, massive upside where it's like, oh, shit, we might end up with somebody who could be one of the best in the world in terms of, like, laning. I want to see that. I don't want to see Armut, who's had the same issues since he joined the 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 um, LEC, hasn't really gotten much better. I mean, to be honest, I would argue that his first year was better than his second year. So, like, maybe he's even getting worse. And then we're just like, yeah, no, you know what? Take him. Put him on the roster. We got Blue and Armut. Those are our boys. Like, let's fucking, let's get it done. It's tough. What do you got here for your Noki move? 100 Thieves, get, get out of here with... Hundred these pretending they spend years like saying, Oh yeah, we really want to be competitive. They finally get super competitive, even though nobody knows really how they were able to make three finals back to back to back, because no one ever predicted them to do well or even really liked watching them play. But in spite of that, the success on paper was there, right? And they built out this incredibly robust like academy system and like amateur system, which surfaced Busio, who's uh, probably going to be their support for this next year. And you take that and then you just chuck it away so that you can hold, hold on to this thought, guys. Reunite the TSM core that went 06 in Worlds. That was their last hurrah, the Spica, Bjergsen, and Doublelift trio. And you're like, fuck what happened when we actually had all of these finals in a row. Let's bring back the nine-man sleep roster, and this is going to carry us for victory. No, this is purely a cynical marketing play, and I hate to see it. Like, is this what we want one of the consistently best teams in North America doing? Is bringing back a, a hoodie-selling roster? Like, this just reeks of desperation from 100 Thieves, and it says that they care more about the success of their merchandise line and the entertainment of their content rather than being successful in the LCS. And that sucks. Especially from a team that has found that success and felt like they built it organically. And how, how mad is Monty going to be if this team wins? Imagine they just Dude, win Dude, how LCS. mad are you going to be? You, you are going to be mad, Dom, because that says such shit things about the LCS if this wins. Like, LCS is doomed if this roster wins. That's yeah. the ultimate black pill. Is this 100 Thieves roster winning LCS? Holy. Oh, Especially nah, given the fact that some of these teams are going to be running, like, the, you know, the, the academy, academy guys. These are the guys that are coming up, and here's the guys that haven't played together in three, four years, and they still are better than everyone else. That would, that would suck. But also, it's a pretty good listening test. I mean, what 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 do you what would you say, Dom, if this roster wins LCS? That is that is doom. I mean, I really wouldn't be that surprised, to be honest. <laughs> I would I, like even if if they won LCS, I'd be like, yeah, you know. It's not about being surprised, Dom. It's about being depressed. <laughs> oh, I'd welcome to the LCS. That. Yeah, I mean, I, I already watch LCS, so I mean, like, like it's not going to affect me that much. Like, I'll just be like, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. They know they know how to win LCS. You know, like they 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 understand the format of winning LCS, the formula that that you need to win LCS. That's it. That's all there would be to it. I just wish that 
I wish that if a hundred thieves was going to do this, that they would have like not given Ken V to immortals and like actually tried to go like Busio tenacity Ken V and like actually go for developmental players that their system had produced. Oh, but but I mean, that was always so cynical. That was always that was always such a funny narrative where it's like 100 Thieves cares about development of the of players. Like, how many have you developed in your roster? It's like, no, we just bought an like a complete roster and have someday in there. We have we just got a top tier <laughs> import and then we just bought like four pieces from another roster. Or no, then when we needed to upgrade somebody, even better, we got Abadaga, we got another yep. import. That was always like one of the things where where people people were so delusional. They're like, look, but they have like they're one of the first teams to have an amateur system. It's like, did they call up any of those amateur players? No, I mean they put them in a cat nice bro you upgraded them to academy development like if you trust in your development at some point you put them in the fucking main well that's roster. what i'm saying now would be the time to do it right i think the time to do it would have been last year like i think tenacity over someday would have been a would have been a move you could have done last year like they're like oh we're adding him as a sixth man he plays like two games he played like one and a half games and they're like fuck you never come back never show your <laughs> face in this team again like and then it's okay if someday leaves maybe you can maybe you can show but like what happened to that bro what happened to the the split time between tenacity and someday it's like they did it for two games of locket they didn't even do it for an actual lcs game they didn't even give him one lcs game it was a split it was a split roster i mean god it was so fucking bad so whenever i see those, those types of things it's like you put your money where your mouth is like what matters is is what you do not what you say like you can say that you're about developing talent and you know all this shit but if no talent that you develop ever plays for your lcs team you have developed zero talent like, or you have no confidence. Like, maybe you've developed them for other teams and you're selling them. Maybe you're developing your wallet. Like, you're not developing talent for your own team. I, I, I well, like we'll never know now, will we? Yeah. <laughs> Just because it feels like then this whole thing has been sleight of hand by 100 Thieves, right? Because they've been promoting internal talent, their young talent or whatever. But you still would take last year's results, the two finals in a row, right? Yeah, that's, you, why, that's why I think it's a hard argument to make, Dom, because when you're getting those results you're not going to necessarily promote those talent. Your talent might also need more time in your pipeline in order to get to the point that you, you need them to be at. I think, I mean, I think that that's actually, of, I think, I, mean, I think, I think, I think, I think that Busio would have been playing this year, regardless of whether the roster stayed together or not. Yeah. I but think like, why wasn't Busio already got rid of who he and played Busio this year. There's crucial times where you can show where it's like, this is where you should make a move. Like, in between spring and summer, like, okay, like, I understand you want to ride the high of winning. All right, spring and summer hit, like, you know, your support is not that good, right? You have an academy support that you think is is, is really insane. He's like, he's like your fucking new, he's going to be a generational talent or something. He's going to be one of the best supports in the LCS. Yeah, promote him. Because, like, you've ran out of, like, uh, you've ran out of, like, that, like, oh, we're, we're, we're winning. It's not like they, they almost lost the finals. They got 3-0. They got fucking smacked in the finals by EG, right? So, and the team was also so obviously not competitive with, like, international teams. Like, it looked like they were so capped. There was multiple times where they could have promoted talent, but they just chose not to because, I mean, look, to me, it just shows that they didn't believe in their talent as much as they would like other people to believe. But, I mean, it's pretty good marketing, right? Everyone thinks that their 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 prospects are really good, and maybe maybe they're not that good, and they know that, and they're going to sell them high. Yeah, I mean it 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 is a model that teams have used before. Um, we'll extend this conversation in uh, the extravaganza part two when the LCS starts locking in more. My no key move is the same as Monty's. It's the the hundred thieves squad move, but more specifically for double lift because I'm looking at a roster. 
that I feel like he could just slot right into and it would be a much better situation for him. Inspired Jojo and Vulcan, the core of EG are sitting right there. You don't know what's happening with Danny. He might come back, he might not, but you could just pop right on in and do exactly what you want to do, right? Which is you don't have to focus for 11 months because you have Danny there. You guys can split time and then get in. Or if Danny's not ready to go and you're the guy, that you're, you're being put into one of the best spots in the league. So I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not excited about him going there when he could just go here and then they just get a top laner, right? You can import the top laner, but that's neither here nor there. We'll see what happens with Evil Genius's moves in a little bit. All right, we've done it. We've got one more segment. We're going to knock this one out quick. Guys, It just the top of the list, free agency is about to happen a week from now. Give me your number one free agent. Top free agent. Actually, give me give me a couple. A couple of free agents that you are so excited to see where they're at because LCK and LPL are just littered with top players. Like that all are of contract. the world championship roster except for Juhan? Yep. I mean, that's insane that they could all, including the coaches. I'm looking right now for the coaches. Yeah, it's all the coaches. Song, Mowgli, and Shine are also all free agents. Like, literally, Juhan is the only one contracted on DRX, which is wild. By the way, Faker's a free agent. <laughs> yeah. Knight. I mean, rookie. For me, it's Viper. I think Viper is like a king free agent. I mean, I've heard that a lot of teams want him, but EDG just is fucking rich, and they're just giving him the best offer. So, Viper, to me, is my uh, number one free agent. Like, if he went somewhere like Damwon... It feels like they're just instant favorites to win the world championship. Like they're instantly the team at the beginning that's going to have the highest odds of winning the world championship. We got here, Monty. I, I'm holding out hope that rookie comes back to Korea. Yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding out hope. Uh, it's not going to happen, by the way. Rookie is definitely not coming back to Korea. Um, but in my perfect universe uh he would he would do something of the sort there's also the possibility that you know a player like prince could move to damwon uh that would also be very interesting he's not at viper's caliber but i think would certainly be an upgrade and will be a hot free agent a lot of people will be looking at zeka i think faker will probably just stay on t1 i don't think he's gonna go anywhere he's their franchise player he I think in his current state, he has more value to T1 than he does to any other team purely because of legacy and the fan base. So it's hard to imagine that he would be going anywhere. But uh, there's so many crazy, you know, world-class or former world champion players that are going to be free agents. Dornby, Jackie Love, Knight, um, Rookie, Tian, uh, Kanavi. Uh, there's, I, I, it is actually kind of insane how many elite level players are just going to be free agents this year. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you said rookie just because I, I wanted you to tell me it was going to be okay. Even though he hasn't, you know, he's now 25. He's getting a little bit. Up I mean, he's still really fucking good this last year. He's still really yeah, good. I mean, he's so still one of the best in the world and people just don't know it because people don't watch LPL and his teams always grieve him. Like, I don't know what he must say to them, but like rich literally just told him, no matter what you do, you're not making it, by the way. Like, I'm going to make sure you don't fucking make it. And just looked him in the eyes and just ran him down every fucking game. So, <laughs> I mean, I, like, in some ways, like, you, it's it's like, it, it's, I, you respect the commitment from Rich to just ruin his entire career just to int rookie. But, like, at the other side, side of the coin, you got to feel bad for, for rookie in general. I mean, come on, man. Like, the guy, like, what does he need to do? How well does he have to play? And for how long? 
until he starts right. getting just like titles at least. Here's the dream. Rookie returns to his roots, his first title, one KT on KT. Arrows. He goes back to KT, partners up with Aiming, and they build out a banger roster with Aiming and Rookie as the core. That's going to be a really fucking good team. That's the dream. It's not going to happen, but that's the dream. All okay. right. Well, the dream has been laid out. Give me Kanavi. I think Kanavi going there. Uh, Look, Kanavi can go to KT too. That's all I'm saying. Kanavi can also go to KT. <laughs> Aiming Kanavi and Rookie can all go to KT. I don't know that's, how Kanavi totally would play fine. with with Rookie, to be honest. That seems like it might be a clusterfuck because like Kanavi wants to be Kanavi. And and Rookie also like yeah, and Rookie just kind of wants to just be ahead. Like I don't think Rookie's the type of guy who's like, Yeah, I'll just be your bitch, man. Like, I'll just fucking do whatever you want. Uh, all right there. Uh, that is our off season extravaganza part one. A little bit around the world, but mostly in Europe. We will get more uh, takes out to you as the information comes on in. The team sign officially starts in a week, so we'll be all watching that date. Uh, Monty, Dom, and myself will have you guys covered. Make sure to like this video, subscribe, comment below who's your favorite for agent, and what is the award for the best player at Worlds that then turns into uh, goes from being you know a gold to a clump of coal. Let us let us know what that is. I, I'm very excited to see the reverse alchemy have. award. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love it. All right, guys. Thank you so much for watching this week's episode of Power Spike. We'll catch you later.